Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another update from Traverse City. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. And who do I have on the line with me? Hi, this is Beth Milligan. I'm the head writer of the Traverse City Ticker. Welcome back, Beth. Um, What has happened since the last time that we spoke? Sure. Um, So there are a couple updates. Uh, One is that there was a large protest in Lansing today um, against Governor Whitmer's stay home, stay safe executive order. Um, I was here in Traverse City just watching live feeds of the protests from some of the media that were on site. And so since I wasn't there myself, I couldn't say for sure how many attended. But just from the live streams that I was monitoring, it looked like it was certainly well into the hundreds, if not into the thousands. Um, And then Governor Whitmer held a press conference just a few moments ago, um, right before we got on this call, and she addressed a couple of things, one of which was the protest. Um, She sort of acknowledged um, that the protesters do still have the constitutional right to protest under the executive order. Um, that that has been a clarification from the state that they will not uh, restrict people's right to gather, to protest or to protest, like, for example, outside of abortion clinics. Those rights have been upheld. Um, However, she did point out that there were risks involved for those who were participating. So some of the things that we saw from the protest today were they the kind of goal of the protesters, many of whom were in their cars, was to kind of cause this gridlock around the Capitol. So what that had the effect of doing was many hospital workers were blocked from getting into Sparrow Hospital. Um, Ambulances were getting stuck in the traffic jam. The um, public transit system was having difficulties navigating. So people who need to get to essential jobs or to get their groceries or medications were having problems getting to those places. And there were also many protesters who were not in their vehicles, who were on the Capitol grounds. who, from what I could see in the stream and what the governor also alluded to that she had witnessed, where people were congregated fairly close together. There didn't seem to be um, a lot of social distancing being observed. There was um, an individual who was handing out candy uh, with their bare hands to little kids. So I think the governor's frustration that she just expressed at the press conference was, um, while still acknowledging protesters' right to do that, um, said that essentially the gathering had not only put, you know, healthcare and other essential workers uh, at risk today, or at least had delayed them from being able to do what they needed to do, but it had also increased the potential harm to the gatherers themselves since they weren't following social distancing protocols in some situations. And some of them had driven from, you know, long distances to be there. So that requires stopping to gas up cars, maybe stopping to get food, all of which are stops that can contribute to exposure. So what I saw from the governor at the press conference was some some frustration about that, that protest today. Mm-hmm. And do you know, was this protest something that had been planned uh, for a while? Or was it just in light of you know, the most recent kind of extensions to that executive order? Yeah, it's funny because it it sort of seemed to be decentralized. Um, The governor before had expressed frustration that she felt that the DeVos family, uh, which is a very prominent political family downstate, had been funding and or encouraging the protests, which she felt was not a um, politically uh, wise move. So she was frustrated by that. But I saw many people sort of authentically spreading the news about the the protest on Facebook. And it did seem to sort of really come together over the last several days, um, particularly, I think, 
in response to the newest version of the order, which has extended um, some shutdowns, like people traveling between their homes or not being able to get seeds or garden supplies or home repair goods that seem to kind of turn up the boiling point of the frustration and, and cause people to actually want to come out to protest. Right. And, and yeah, as the governor said, you know, it wasn't necessarily against um, they were within their constitutional rights. It's just the importance of needing to kind of maintain some of the precautions, you know, the, with the spacing and things that we need to be observing in everyday life. Uh, those can't go out the window just because of a protest. Um, and, and also, I think that that um, bears to mention some of the developments we've had here locally in terms of the Sleeping Bear National Park shutting down its trail system. What can you tell us about that? Sure. I think this brings up a, a good point, which is there's sort of this larger question about when, you know, the question that everyone wants to know, Taylor, is like, when are things going to reopen? Like, when is it going to be okay to do certain things? So to your point, Sleeping Bear Dunes yesterday had closed down all of its trails, all of its park amenities, picnic areas, parking lots, um, the scenic drive that goes through the park. And that was in addition to earlier closures that had already been enacted, like on the campgrounds. So everything essentially um, that's an official park amenity has been shut down. That is one just for me personally, that hurt quite a bit because I, you know, the sort of the way I've been staying sane through this um, pandemic is getting out and exercising, you know, just by myself or with my quarantine partner and going to try to go to some of the quieter, more off the beaten path trails and sleeping bear where there haven't been many people. Um, and so that was hard for me to kind of lose that outlet. Um, and I think what we're seeing is that different people have different frustration points. You know, some people's jobs are okay and others are, you know, in absolute peril of maybe potentially losing their entire small business. Some people, it's the most important thing in the world to them to be able to hike or to garden or to work on their home to not go crazy. Um, and I think what the governor was trying to address in her press conference today was that she uh, felt and shared those frustrations. But as we start to reopen parts of the economy, I think the big concern is if we do reopen too quickly, we are vulnerable to a second wave and having to go back into quarantine after you know, letting people back out again is pretty painful or businesses closing, opening, and then having to close again is just a, a very high level of uh, damage and uncertainty. So what I think is going to be frustrating for people is the governor had mentioned that today that she is working, she has a task force con con that com is consisting of health, labor, uh, economic advisors who are working with her on creating a plan for reopening parts of the state. And that could be, she said, by region, it could be by sector. But I think what's going to be hard is that, you know, as this goes on and more of us feel pain points and different things that we care about potentially being taken away or, you know, being asked to, for us to sacrifice to get through this pandemic as a community, that we're, I think there's going to be turmoil about some people being able to go back to do the things that they love or that they work at and others not being able to and feeling frustrated about that. Why are some things a priority and not others? And I think what maybe I would just encourage from the people that I've interviewed and the people that I've talked to, including watching the governor, 
is that I think that's going to be a really challenging process. And all of the data that I have seen has indicated that if we do reopen too quickly and have a second wave, it can potentially be even more devastating from both a health and pandemic standpoint. So her messaging was today was if you can try to stay with us and we can knock this out in the first wave, we'll all be a lot better off. But I think for people who are now going into almost a month of quarantine, it, it's still hard to handle. It definitely is. And there's valid fears on, you know, every side, everything that people are concerned about. And um, typically protests are used to try to expedite some type of process and to see an improvement. And um, so the fear with this one is that, you know, there can be that second wave, but the fears are, are completely valid in all directions. And so I think that that, yeah, does need to be said and the governor, had alluded to as much uh, in her in her talk today as well. Yeah, and I think you know, and again, it's it's really different when you talk to consumers or business owners or employees who have lost their jobs or are facing losing their businesses or are just going absolutely stir crazy at home and feel like their lives have been completely uprooted. And then when you talk to people who are in the healthcare system, and every time I talk to someone in the healthcare system, it's a hard conversation because they're going through much more and sacrificing much more than most of us are. They are, many of them are living in hotel rooms or trailers or completely separate residences from their families because they're afraid of bringing COVID-19 home to their families. So while they're working during this crisis, they're completely alone. Every day that they go into the hospital, they're facing uh, the chance that they will themselves become sick. There is some correlation that shows that the more exposure you have to the virus, uh, it can potentially be more damaging to you. So if you're exposed to a high, a high amount of viral load, say like in a hospital, um, you are at higher risk of that being a more serious version of the disease yourself. Um, and they're facing equipment shortages uh, and, and staffing shortages. So I think, you know, I talked to business owners who were, of course, afraid and staying up all night worrying about what's going to happen to them and their families. And I absolutely have empathy for them and feel that. And then I talk to healthcare workers who are terrified of being away from their families and getting the disease and potentially dying. And their message is always, please let people know how serious this is. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you, you know, you're just going to continue, I think, to have that tension of people who think right now that they're not at a very high risk of the disease and want to be able to go back to normal because the other effects of the quarantine are so hurtful to them. Um, and then people who are on the front lines of actually experiencing the health aspects of the disease and, and trying to warn everyone to, to, try to try to stay the course. Yeah, right. Beth, is there anything else that should be said today? Yeah, I think the only other thing I want to add, and this goes to, um, I think, uh, the conversation continuing to be tense and confusing for people, is that we had a group of local sheriffs here who put out a press release today. Um, indicating that they were, and this was, I'm just looking at it right now, this is um, the sheriffs of the 101st district. So that is Leelanau, Benzie, Manistee, and Mason counties here in northern Michigan. They wrote uh, a collective press release saying that they were opposed to some aspects of Governor Whitmer's order. And that while they understood her desire to protect the public, that they questioned some of the restrictions that she has imposed and believe that she is overstepping her executive authority and said that because of that, they will not have strict enforcement of the orders. They said that they will deal with each case as an individual a situation and apply common sense in assessing the apparent violation. 
Um, they also kind of went on to say that they took an oath to uphold the Michigan Constitution and that they believe that they are the last line of defense in protecting people's civil liberties. They wanted to have a focus on reopening the counties and getting people back to work. And I have to say, um, this is not, you know, as just my personal opinion. I was a little taken aback by this press release. I just got it before we got on the call. Um, I think it sends a confusing message to to the residents um, about whether they are supposed to be following the order or not if the governor is encouraging uh, them to stay home for the community health and safety and local law enforcement are telling them that they disagree with that and that they don't plan to enforce it. Um, I'm not we have seen other communities that where sheriffs or law enforcement have issued similar types of statement. It, it does speak to how complex and frustrating I think this process is that there's not clear messaging to residents um, from these different groups. And so they're not sure or not how seriously to take it. They're not sure or not whether they'll get in trouble or should just be disregarding the order. Um, so I think it's just another example of um, how complex the situation is. And, um, and kind of the challenge that's going to be coming ahead in terms of trying to reopen parts of, of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and many of the complaints that I've heard regarding the executive order have to do with kind of the vague wording and that people aren't quite sure uh, what they need to be doing. And, and I understand that I've had similar questions myself. And so I've, I've tried to change my thinking and, and maybe you can tell me if this is a good approach or not in your experience, but if the, if the letter of the law seems to be pretty vague, then maybe it's because they're putting uh, trust in me as a, as an individual to make some common sense and correct decisions. Um, and, and if it gets more specific, then that's when, you know, I should be maybe more concerned. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that it is true that there are parts of the order that are nebulous, which is why the state continues to update its FAQ page because they'll get like a large response from one sector or a group of residents, you know, like boaters or nurseries that are concerned about it. And then they'll offer some clarification. But even for example, in the sheriff's press release, they don't specify what parts of the order they are opposed to. They just say, we, we believe some of it is overstepping. So that makes it not very clear to residents what the sheriffs are willing to enforce and and whatnot. Um, And so, yeah, I guess I would say without clarity from our law enforcement, without clarity from the governor about some parts of our order, then probably the best thing that you could do is to follow the general rule, Mm -hmm. which is to try to keep yourself home, only get things that are truly essential. Maybe use that thought process when you're going out to shop. It doesn't really matter if it's specified in the law or not. Like, is it something that you absolutely truly need in this moment? Or could you maybe hold off for a couple of weeks? That's kind of the thought process that I try to use. Okay. Yeah, this was really helpful as always, Beth. Is there anything else or does that do it for today? I think for today, that should be it. Um, and then we'll, you know, see by Friday, we might have even more news in the next couple of days to share. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Beth. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Taylor. All right, bye-bye. Bye.